0: hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC.
1: is the probe. There's a quote from Niccolò Machiavelli, author of The Prince, undoubtedly my favorite. It is much more secure to be feared than to be loved. And many ways, he's been proven right. In a world where security concerns have become increasingly intertwined with the need for compassion and empathy, nations are rather grappling with striking the right balance. To be feared... Or to be loved. Difficult, right? But think about it always because they both have implications. Unless you are a Machiavellian. Tonight, we are back on a thought-provoking journey, delving into the delicate balance between national security on one hand and compassion on the other. Our focus is on the pressing issue of terror threats and the challenges faced by Ghana in navigating this complex dilemma, especially at a time our national security is undertaking an operation, as it were, to minimize or totally eliminate terror threats. Are we violating the 1951 Refugee Convention? What about the Ghanaian laws and the duties of the government to protect its citizens? All that and more right here on The Probe, live on the Joy News Channel, also on Joy 99.7 FM. We're on myjoyonline.com. We're on a number of affiliates across the country. We're also on social media. You need to join the discussion with the hashtag The Probe. My guest tonight in the studio is Kofi Amankwa Menu is the Deputy Defense Minister and MP4 at Kwama Kwauma joins me in the studios you're welcome sir thank you we're ready for us yes I'm ready okay also we'll be joining us on Zoom we'll be the Executive Secretary of the Ghana Refugee Board we'll also have some interventions along the line by Mukta Mumuni and then also the ranking member on the Defense and Interior Committee of Parliament James Agauga do stay with us this is the probe I am MFA Apau we're right back
2: Is a news file over the weekend and
3: uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Focus...
0: Oh no, we are out of range.
1: Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag.
0: Alex, what?
1: Alexa. Open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits
4: Radio. Radio. Joy 99.7.
1: Alexa, play, and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. This is The Probe. You're welcome. We are live on Joy, 99.7 FM on radio. We are on Joy News. We are on DSTV Channel 421. Go TV Channel is 125. And all our social media platforms tonight, terror threat, navigating the dilemma of national security versus compassion. That's what we are looking at in the wake of that um, operation that's been undertaken by government. uh, We are told they're only targeting those who are coming in illegally and then also pose a terror threat to the country. We are interrogating that. Mr. Kofi Amankwamenu, Deputy Defence Minister, is my guest in the studio. Like I said also, we'll be joined along the line by the Executive Secretary of the Ghana Refugee Board, Mr. Tete Padi uh, via Zoom. Mukta Mumuni is also the Executive Director, West Africa Centre for Counter-Extremism, also joins me via Zoom. And then the Ranking Member on Defence and Interior Committee in Parliament, James Sagalga, also will be on Zoom. Thank you so much for agreeing uh, to be with us here on the probe, sir. My pleasure. Okay, once again. So um, it's been a week of um, parliamentary changes amongst others. We've seen some sweeping changes that have been proposed in terms of uh, committees. Amongst others, the Intelligence um, Committee that was mooted, I heard um, some comments on it, but I don't know what your overall take is on some of these changes that you're seeking to make in Parliament, since you're also a Member of Parliament. Well,
3: I think... uh I haven't actually averted my mind mm-hmm. to to to, to uh, the changes. Mm-hmm. But uh, in parliament, I think it's an opportunity for almost every parliamentarian to learn something mm-hmm. new. I, I went to parliament, and uh, all I, I, I knew was join my grandfather to the cocoa farm, <laughs> you know, to do some weeding here and there. But uh, I was put on the agri-committee. And uh, by and large, I think I'm learning... New stuff, mm. and so I, I believe that what the party changes are, I think the, the whoever is put there is um, mm.
1: okay. Well, well, there were some proposals that um, they should be uh, asked to swear oath amongst others, but these are issues that we'll get into much later when uh, we fine tune all those. But one key concern, at least, I'm not sure if you've I, I'm sure that you've seen the UNDP reports, there were some concerns about. This big campaign that your outfit launched, see something, say something. I'm curious about um, the impact that it's made so far. I think it's about a year on or so. The UNDP raised concerns that it wasn't targeted because the language in which um, it's being communicated, for instance, was of key concern. Because those who are supposed to know it, at least in the northern part of the country, are simply um, not too much aware about this. I'm sure this report has been brought to your attention.
3: Well, um, I I think that it was not specifically for the people in the north. Uh, We are talking about security, Mm -hmm. and I see security as a collective concern. Mm -hmm. Almost every Ghanaian must be concerned about security. Mm -hmm. And so I have always held the belief that security is not the preserve of only a few. It's, It's a collective thing. Everybody must be conscious of this or environment, Mm. if we need to drill down more with the education, that's uh, something that we really have to look at critically. But to say that uh, certain people must be targeted, Mm. I think that every person living within the four walls of Ghana Mm. must be targeted. Mm. Everybody must be concerned.
1: But knowing that, at least uh, because of the conflicts in Burkina Faso, at least we're getting into uh, the exercise that you are undertaking these people interface more uh, with the potential threat. And the concern is they don't even understand what the campaign is about. Well, that is
3: why I say that if we need to uh, drill down more, or hammer, you know, on the campaign, especially in the north, that is, is a welcome suggestion. But mm-hmm. I, I am saying, and I am saying what I'm saying because mm-hmm. of probably what I know but I cannot, mm-hmm. you know, put out. But I think that everybody, it doesn't matter... If you live in Achimakuangoma, it doesn't matter if you live in Bosumchi. Your environment, you must be conscious of your environment and you must be concerned as to who is doing what. It's Mm -hmm. important that we we, we do that. Mm -hmm. But yes, I can understand that because the people in the North interface with our our brothers and sisters from the Sahel, which Mm -hmm. of course is is where the problem is coming from, Mm -hmm. they have to be... Uh, on top of issues, I, 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 I understand. I, okay. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a call in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to take it up and then, you know, try to drill.
1: If you were to give an overall assessment of the See Something, Say Something campaign down the line, uh, what would be um, your verdict on it? I think that on a scale of 10, I, I, I
3: would give it um, 6.5. Okay. Now I say 6.5. I was surprised when I went to my constituents one day had a chat with some people, students, and they said that uh, the national security rep, you know, in Ashanti region was actually going around schools, educating people on the say something, you know, see something, say something. Mm. And, and I believe that this was something that most national security reps in the various regions were tasked to to undertake. And so for me, it was very positive. And so even school children were really, you know, talking about it, say something, you know, it's see exciting. same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by and large, but I think that, yes, there is room for more improvement and we need to do
1: more. Okay. Now drilling down, why are you repatriating what some have described as vulnerable refugees? What really is this exercise about?
3: Well, I, I, I don't know where actually that is coming from, that we are repatriating people. So if I think that we are all aware that uh, Burkina Faso have intensified you know, military operations, especially in the southern part, all to deal with the issue of terrorism.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Because intelligence tells us that, you know, the movement of this group is towards the south. So they're basically trying to look for, you know, a southern nation. You know what that means. You get closer to the sea. And when you get closer to the sea, you know exactly. So piracy and all that, so it really can aid the operations. And so that is what you're doing. And Burkina Faso has intensified its operations. And so these people, are uh, some are running away. Mm. Now, we have um, an approved route where you really can go, go through proper screening and all that. And if indeed you genuinely need help, mm. you are provided help. We are doing this, you know, having at the back of our mind that in 1951 Ghana Mm -hmm. actually signed and ratified Mm -hmm. the 1951 refugee, you know, uh, convention. And we know this convention defines who a refugee is and it also do outline the, you know, the protections and the rights of a refugee. Mm -hmm. We have all these things at the back of our mind. But we also cannot lose sight of the fact that we have this, uh, you know, armed groupings or this terrorist uh, attack staring us in the face. Mm. So obviously, that is why I like the topic. It's a dilemma.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's, 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 you know, you, 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 you look at the issue of providing security for your people and then you also look at being compassionate to the vulnerable in the context of terrorist attack. Obviously, this is a challenge. And it's, 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 it's really a complex issue.
1: But is there a real threat um, for which reason this operation is necessary or is just targeted, so to speak, at certain people for which reason we are doing this? As F- are.
3: First of all, let me correct the impression that we are targeting some people. Mm. We are not targeting anybody. Mm. We are not targeting anybody.
1: We are not targeting people seeming to be Fulani headsmen. Surprisingly,
3: others. I mean... People. We, we have Fulanis who are Ghanaians. We've lived with Fulanis in Ghana only God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it would be absurd if, if we now go out there to target them. It doesn't make sense. Okay. But as I said, we have a complex issue on our hand, And so we need to screen whoever is coming in. If you are coming in and then you genuinely deserve assistance, we, based on the 1951 Refugee Convention, we would do what is expected of us. Mm-hmm. But when you don't, then we also, because all of the operations the national security military is doing in, in collaboration with the various uh, reser, mm-hmm. is based on intelligence. Okay. And so, as and when we we pick intelligence, we deal with the issues. I think that I mean I, I, I need to say there've been instances where. I have seen pictures of women carrying babies less than some less than a year, mm-hmm. and as part of their luggages, you'd be surprised, ammunition,s mm. carrying ammunition,s and then you have um, uh, uh, guns and other things, you know, hidden in certain part of cattle and all that, mm. by you know, mm. man, husband, yes. Okay. So we really need to be on the lookout, because as I said, we have the Ghanaian people, to protect. We have a country to protect. We have properties to protect. Mm. We cannot say that because we want to be compassionate, we will not look at the security of our nation.
1: Well, that's the dilemma we are trying to navigate. Let let me bring in our other guests also on Zoom. And a ranking member on the Defense and Interior (laughs) Committee, thankfully, joins us. Let's pick his thoughts on everything. You know, that is my partner in crime partner in crime yeah it's my partner in crime did you say crime In quotes okay so james, james forgive me
3: but there is no other way <laughs> mr I can
1: galga it. you are part of this crime are you <laughs> hello mr galga hello, okay <laughs> so you agree to this thanks, particular thanks, crime your par- your partner is in the studios <laughs>
5: Good evening to my partner and
1: crying. Okay. Well, Ms. Agaaga, I I would want to find out, at least, I'm sure by now, this particular operation that's been undertaken by the armed forces, national security, as we're told, um, has been brought to the attention of um, the Defence and Interior Committee. What kind of briefing? I'm sure you would not want to give it all out, but... You have the blessing, and you've given them the blessing. Which Really, what kind of briefing are you getting as far as the public can be told?
5: Well, um, MFA, the committee is aware mm-hmm. that the national security outfit, the Ministry of Defence, and even Interior have deployed along our northern frontier to try to protect our country from any possible terrorist infiltration coming from our next-door neighbor, Burkina Faso, which has been plagued with terrorism over the period. And even given what is happening in the Sahel region in general, I mean, it makes our northern frontier very, very vulnerable. So all along, we have been aware that some deployments have been done. And the idea is to ensure that When it becomes necessary, they will react in a manner that protects us from uh, terror infiltration. And so to that extent, I would say, yes, we are aware that our security apparatus is on the ground and um, working around the clock to uh, protect us. But in specific response to your question as to whether our committee has been briefed on the recent operation that was carried out, I would say not yet because I'm not even sure whether the operation has been concluded. And so normally when the security apparatus sets off to undertake certain tasks, they would conclude with the operations before they brief the committee. I believe the committee is minded to call for uh, some briefings in that regard.
1: But that there have been concerns, uh, not to cut you, but to the extent that I know you would wait for uh, the entire operation to be over to be briefed, but to the extent that there have been concerns about the issue about compassion, yes, we, we, have, we are part of a convention, and then also we have laws, also in a duty to protect our citizens, but to the extent that there are concerns that this particular operation is targeted at refugees and certain persons of some tribal descent, we are told about Fulanese, amongst others, I'm sure this has been brought to the attention, are you not concerned about it as a committee?
5: Well, um, MFR, we have to understand one thing, that the government is very much aware of its commitments under the, my brother spoke about the 1961 Refugee uh, Convention and its related protocols. Mm -hmm. Government clearly has a commitment not to, as it were, repatriate refugees who are properly speaking, refugees to uh, countries where they may face very serious threats to their life and uh, fundamental freedom. So that that, that that is a principle that I am sure they are very, very um, much aware of. We call that the um, uh, the principle of non-reformment. Mm-hmm. It is the cornerstone of the 1951 Refugee Convention. But MFA Having said that, it does not mean that the government cannot screen refugees who enter our country. They they have every right to screen the refugees to ensure that those who come in and seek asylum in our country because of the crisis in the neighboring countries are genuine refugees Mm. because... There are are examples where people masquerade as refugees, and at the end of the day, it turns out that they are actually terrorists who disguise themselves just to infiltrate the frontiers and cause they hand in our country. And so when they have credible intelligence, and remember that we have an arrangement in place, even with the government of Burkina Faso and other neighboring countries, where intelligence is shared, Mm amongst the participants of Spain, the yakra initiatives and so when some credible intelligence has been shared and the security apparatus decide to embark upon some operations i think that we need to support them but we must bear in mind that we have certain international obligations to ensure that the rights of those who are genuinely distressed the genuine refugees amongst the numerous number of people who cross our borders are treated in a humane manner, their human rights are protected, they are given shelter, they are given food and medicine. Okay. I think these are obligations that our country over the period has earned. Mm. I am aware that, look, the influx of refugees has placed a strain on the Regional Coordinating Council. In my region, the Upper East region where I come from, Okay the um, district assemblies, they have had to spend, I mean, uh, resources in ensuring that refugees are given temporary accommodation and so on and so forth. Sometimes the uh, challenge is that interventions from central government coming quite too late. And okay. so, at the and end and of
1: the day... my colleague, Albert um, story has been there. Well, yes, and exactly. I'm sure you can see uh, the pictures uh, on your screen. He's been uh, to this particular centre that you talk about. But thankfully, uh, Mr. Tete Padi is with us. He's Executive Director of the Refugee Board. Let's test some of the things um, that we've heard so far, at least. He's been in charge of this for some time, some time now, I should say. Mr. Paddy. thank you so much. If you would unmute. Really, um, let's talk about records here i'm sure you're a man of records so properly speaking how many of these persons have coming over the period as refugees that you've documented you'd say the last time we've been asking about this you're giving um, some numbers but at as, as the last count what would you say it is because the people that we say we are targeting are those ones that are coming in illegally through our poros borders what's your account of what we've seen so far and heard
2: Good evening, and good evening to our panelists as so
1: well. I hope you're also not a partner um, in crime. In uh, fact, to Mr. he's he my friend. friend. He's my very good friend. <laughs> no, okay. or less a brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, at least he's not a partner in crime. he's he a brother. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you once again. So give us um, the account, yeah. Mr. Paddy.
3: Yes. So
2: um, so far, we have registered um, about just about 3,200 Bokindabis who have indicated their intention to seek asylum here. Uh, We're still in the process of registering uh, at more people who are coming in. Uh, What I can confidently say is that none of the Burkina base that we have registered uh, has been sent back. Um, Neither have any of those that we know uh, intend to seek asylum. Those who declared their intention at the borders as they entered. Uh, Even though they haven't been registered yet, none of those people have been, have, been, have been sent back to Côte d'Ivoire. That I can confidently say.
1: Okay. But um, in terms of figures, properly speaking, we can have that now, do we? Well, we, we have
2: certainly registered
1: 3,200.
2: Okay. Uh, we have also set up a reception centre uh, together with UNHCR. UNHCR have assisted us to set up a reception centre. Mm-hmm. And that reception centre already has about 500 persons there. Mm-hmm we are actually asking the asylum seekers to move to the reception center we're not just asking them we're transporting them to the reception center where they will you get there'll be other interventions such as food assistance uh, there's water there's even electricity uh, we try to make them as comfortable as possible and it also enables us to be able to account it enables us to account for them um, some, some of them have been living in the host communities for some time and have been reluctant to move. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have stated very clearly, and we've been sensitizing the host communities as well as the asylum seekers themselves, mm-hmm. that it's actually better for them to move to these reception centers. And once they move to the reception centers, for those who are not yet registered, we're no longer registering them in the host communities. We're asking that they move to the reception center and then we register them. We do all this together with security. We don't register people who have not been cleared by security for us to register. Okay.
1: Well, but um, I, I don't know. I think. Uh, uh, because, as much as for us, so, okay. this is
2: a humanitarian situation.
1: Yeah. Mr. Paddy, uh, it looks like we, we, the security we it of it the froze government. a bit. Okay. We'll, we'll try again. We, we kept losing you along the line. So, let's try again. Okay. Um, some interruption there in his, his Zoom, um, his link uh, but um, we'll try and establish a um, connection with Mr. Mr. Padi. then we can wrap up on that but Mukta Muni thankfully uh, joins us also via Zoom and he's also been working on this and what really are your key readings um, from what is happening so far, we've been hearing uh, from government, we've heard from national security, we've been hearing from the minister also, deputy minister I should say, in the past few minutes also tell us, at least all week we've been interacting with him on this particular matter, government insists that uh, properly so-called registered refugees in this country have not been targeted or are unscathed when it comes to this particular operation. But what are you learning um, so far in terms of this whole operation, Mukta?
0: Well, um, thank you for, uh, for this, and good evening to your viewers, and good evening to the senior colleagues on this uh, program. Uh, yes. First of all, uh, we've been uh, receiving news of forced repatriation of Burkina Bays who are here seeking asylum, uh, people who are running uh, from the, you know, the terrorist violence in Burkina Faso. Of course, in the last few days, we've seen government communications to the contrary that there hasn't been any forced repatriation of these individuals. And uh, from our end, of course, we've been working on the field in, in many parts of the northern parts. I mean, northern Ghana and we are very familiar with things on the ground. And so what some of these people tell us uh, are instances where uh, individuals within the Fulbright community are sent back. But we don't have any evidence in terms of forced repatriation of these individuals back into Burkina Faso. And so uh, from my end, if you're looking for confirmation of whether there has been forced repatriation or not, I'm not able to say that. But there are individuals who have told us uh, just around the 12th and the 13th of this month, we have you know, reports of these things going on in the northern parts of the country without necessarily mentioning specific places. Mm-hmm. My concern is there's a lot of international coverage of this. And so it's given us a lot of bad press in terms of what it means for us in terms of security. We've seen the UNHCR, you know, uh, quotes mentioned mention And so we have to get it right from the beginning. Okay. The point, you know, we get attacked is, is too late. And I, I listened to uh, the Honorable Minister uh, talk about it. If you see something, say something earlier, which is very, very key. It's very fundamental that we bring on board. We're able to build, you know, community goodwill and support and get everybody's support in terms of supporting this and willing to volunteer information to local law enforcement officials. First of all, they, they, they were terrorism, violent extremism, and the things around this kind of security threat. We do not have... In a lookout where the equivalence for it. And so, if you go to the northern part of the country and you need looking to communicate this, it's a very complex thing. Okay. And so, we have to have very, very dedicated effort in a system that allows all of us to be involved in preventing
1: it. Okay. Other than that, we would create unintended consequences that would be complex for us all. Mokta, thank you um, so much. Uh, That's Mokta Mumuni there. But I'll get into uh, the audience questions, but one thing is established at this point because all through the week since we started talking about this, I'm yet to get anyone actually... Uh, come out to say that indeed um, this particular person has been targeted or hit. any of them say that yes we've been targeted and we've been repatriated amongst others beyond the hearsay and everyone on this panel at this point is yet to tell me whether they've they've actually uh, seen from what you've been saying but the last time we spoke we mentioned about 20,000 so far uh, that have been um, you know uh, successfully repatriated, screened and everything and known that they they came in illegally uh, has the numbers risen what's the the current number do we
3: know you know the the, the situation is so fluid mm-hmm. it is actually fluid and the problem the problem we have is that because many people are using unapproved routes and then also residing in the communities along the northern border it makes it difficult mm-hmm. to even so we use our intelligence just as uh, the refugee board is doing this, we also use our intelligence to really pick because we really, we always have to be on top of issues, you know, security-wise. So we also use our, our intelligence on the ground to also pick, you know, as and when people come in. But I keep and,
1: hearing unapproved routes, unapproved routes. Are there any measures in place? At least we know we have a number of these uh, unapproved routes. So Are there any measures in place, really, to at least minimize definitely. the I mean, unapproved routes we You have. know,
3: uh, our borders have been porous. From only God knows. Mm-hmm. That really is a problem, but that is what makes it more important for the security agencies to really spread our tentacles, mm-hmm. to really deal with issues of you know mm-hmm. these um, porous borders. Mm-hmm. For now, yes, our men are on the ground. Those who are picking intelligence, those who are also you know making sure that uh, you know our borders are protected. They are on the ground. Okay. For now, basically, that is what because. No matter, we will have to protect the citizenry, we will have to make sure that we maintain the peace. But in
1: protecting we the citizenry also, which we all agree uh, should happen, but of course in some operations like this, there, there's the likelihood of some excesses.
3: Well, I, I really I haven't... No, no, no report has been made so far of okay. any excesses. Mm-hmm. As you rightly said, I mean, since the last time I spoke to you, I kept saying that we haven't targeted any group, and we haven't, you'll be surprised. People are on their own volition going back to, to Burkina. Okay. And so we have the Ghanaian authorities as well as, you know, working with the Burkina Bay authorities to make sure that those who want to go back, we help them to go back. Mm-hmm. So the issue of targeting people is really uh, something I, I find a bit absurd.
1: But, but when exactly did we start this operation and when is it ending? or it's going to be in perpetuity? What exactly?
3: When is it's going that? to end MFI. MFI will be difficult for me to say because we don't know when people will stop coming. Okay. I mean, as long as Ghana has the peace and stability, people will want to come. We will also receive them, but we will, you know, screen them and make sure that whatever reasons or whatever reasons brought them here, they indeed are here for those reasons. Okay. So if it is genuinely you are seeking for asylum, genuinely you want to be here, you need help, no two ways about that. We will provide that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Paddy mentioned a reception um, center where they are being fed and also being given uh, free, you know, mm-hmm. medical mm-hmm. Um, help. help. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things are being done. And these are some of the things, you know, the 1951 convention actually outlines, and we are making sure that we treat them with dignity and you know also uphold all the humanitarian values okay. that we would do.
1: But as part of the screening, I'm sure, like you've been mentioning, um, <coughs> some of them you found weapons on, amongst others. Uh, do we just screen and then just let them go back? What happens? Have we had any arrests so far out of this?
3: You know, when they screen, and those who genuinely need. The, the The assistants or who are genuinely seeking asylum, of course Tetaasi said it mm-hmm. well, I call him T. Paddy. forgive for <laughs> the me <if> I, <laughs> I mean he, he he told us where they are kept, but those who obviously are here for other reasons we use what you know the the, the security experts will use to deal with the situation okay. and so if we have to take whatever we need to take hand them over to the Burkina Bay authorities would do that and then you know you ask to go back because you are here Not because you are being persecuted, but you are here because you want to do something else. Okay. Precisely. Mm.
1: Let's get into the audience questions here. Um, A number of them. Uh, We'll start with this one from Francisca. How do refugee populations fit into the equation of national security, and how does Ghana provide support while mitigating potential security risks? I'm sure Tapadi will also help with that. And David says, how does Ghana's defense strategy? Address both traditional security threats and emerging humanitarian concerns. So the dilemma that we've been talking about. Tay says, how does Ghana's refugee policy align with the country's national security objectives, and what measures are in place to ensure the safety of both citizens and displaced populations? Ashmeen says, could you provide examples of specific initiatives or programs that demonstrate Ghana's commitment to addressing national security while upholding compassion? Maxwell, uh, in what ways does Ghana collaborate with international partners to enhance its security efforts while ensuring compassion is not compromised? Uh, well, I've heard you say that we are doing this, Defence Ministry, Interior, um, and, and, and all that. It, it, do we have international agencies as part of this, or is just a national, um, you know?
3: I mean, we have the Refugee Board, and then okay. we also have the UNHCR, okay. you know, working together. But I will tell you what. Also, as part of government ensuring that we live up to all the protocols as outlined in the 1951 Convention, mm-hmm. government, again, has secured a 30-acre land mm-hmm. to put up, you know, housing, because we do not know when this is going to end. Okay. And looking at the problem we have within the Sahara, within the Sahel region, we always have to be, you know, ahead of the game. And so government is taking steps to actually uh, get some housing, so if if we are to find ourselves in such a situation again, Mm. then we wouldn't
1: be found wanting. So these are some of the steps government is taking taking to deal with this situation. Okay. I don't know if Mr. Gaga is still with us um, on Zoom. So really the concern is about navigating, you know, this particular dilemma, national security versus compassion. And there have been a number of questions that we've touched on um, so far already, but I'm told that Mr. Gaga has left us. But uh, do we have uh, Mr. Paddy still with us? Because there are some questions about uh, refugee policy aligning with the country's national security objectives. Do we have anything like that in place? Um, Tay wants to know. And what measures are in place to ensure the safety of both citizens and displaced populations? Hello, Mr. Paddy. You would have to unmute, Mr. Paddy. Okay. It appears that um, we we have... A terrible connection to Mr. Paddy, but we'll go through it. Uh, There could be, they were were asking us about some specific initiatives or programs that demonstrate Ghana's commitment to addressing national security while upholding compassion. But I'm sure uh, your brother may have given you some briefing on this. Policy and how it aligns, such that both citizens and displaced populations are protected. You've been talking about that 30-acre land amongst others, but that housing project. Do we have a timeline that that will come up. Are we still? In well, this this this, this, this problem.
3: This problem actually started about a week,
1: mm-hmm. and oh, so okay.
3: yes, and and government is uh, once we've acquired the land, obviously government is going to find the money to to you know put up the houses for okay. for. For, for us to really, uh, because we don't know the numbers we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to prepare for anything, you know, that is ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So that is also being done. But in terms of security, I'd like to say that um, we from the Ministry of Defense have been saying over the period that uh, so far we're trying to put up some uh, FOBs, Forward Operating Bases, which has been dotted along you know, uh, border areas, okay. especially in the north, uh, 15 of them with service centers and all that. When this is done, when it is completed, and uh, we're looking to uh, complete them by maybe, maybe give or take middle of next year, we should be able to, to. Then we will have permanent because these are, for want of a better word, I would say, they are miniature barracks. Mm-hmm. So then we will have men permanently you know, there to man our bodies. And I I believe that when we have our men permanently there, you know, what it does basically is to reduce reaction time if there is a problem. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that when we're able to do all these things, we will have a better, you know, uh, a better and effective way of dealing with such situations. And so we'll be able to really deal with the issue of um, terrorism as and when it, 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 it raises its um, ugly head. Mm. And also, in situations like this, I think we can better handle it.
1: Okay, but concerns, at least, um, when we put out the flyer, there, there are questions that I, I at least we've had to sieve down, is um, the concern that are they not already with us? At least we've had some security analysts say that, yes, they are part of our daily lives, amongst others, for which reason, when we see something, we ought to say something. But the threats between 1 to 10 where really are we you would say I know you would not want to put out the entire situation but at least what should we know as citizens I, mean, I,
3: know. I think that what we are not keeping anything from you but what we want a Niyan to know as I said it's a collective thing we all must put our shoulder to the wheel of you know trying to uh, secure our nation.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: As you said, yes, I, I have heard uh, some school of talk saying that these uh, people have already infiltrated, but I can confidently tell you that our security men, our intelligence officers are really on top of issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, to that extent, I think that is what you need to know. We don't intend to scare anybody, but I have confidence in our men. I have so much respect and i know they are, they are they are on top of their job and they will work to make sure this country is protected yes i mean they they it, it's like you know a soccer game you have a, a striker trying to score and you you have a defender who also you know prevent the striker from scoring mm. so as to who is on top of the game you you carry the day Yes, they they have something sinister to be asleep, but I know that our men also have good intentions to make sure that this country is protected. MFA, Ghanaians must all help. We must all be part of this fight against terrorism. Mm. Our men are up to the the task. I have no doubt at all uh, to question their competence and their professionalism. I know they can deliver.
1: Okay. Well is Mukta Mumuni still with us um on Zoom. If you are Mukta, I'm I'm curious, at least um we've all mentioned that there's no real evidence so far that um the persons or specific um, tribes or any uh, groupings are targeted, as we speak, beyond the hearsay, but really um, how we are supposed to be navigating this particular dilemma of national security versus compassion. I'm sure you have a word or two uh, when it comes to really uh, m- maintaining this and ensuring that there are no excesses in this particular operation uh, seeking to protect the ordinary Ghanaian. First of all,
0: I need to... Uh properly, you know, I also clarify that what we are looking at in terms of whether people are targeted or not, uh, I mean, we are looking at a lot of developments and a lot of data, but what I can say is that for sure there is a persecution of Fulbe community members in many parts of the country. And when I say that, I mean that there's a very systematic culture of discrimination and persecution or related acts against Fulbi, you know, many members of the Fulbi community. Anyone who works in this area knows this very, very well. As part and of this particular
1: be... operation, you mean, in this particular so, operation? As part of this particular
0: operation, like I mentioned, from the 12th, 13th of this month, we started receiving reports okay. on the ground in terms of how people are sent back into Burkina Faso. But to use the word forced repatriation, I need more information and evidence because I will need to show that. Okay. I mean, as part of what I say, okay. and so I'm unable to confirm that those repatriations were forced repatriation. But away from that, there's a culture, a systematic culture of, you know, discrimination and uh, persecution. And when I say that, indeed, I mean that many members of the Fulbe community face a lot of, you know, um, discrimination and all kinds of things around marginalization. When they interface with local community actors, state actors, and this specifically includes police officers at checkpoints, they go through things relating to extortion. They go through things relating to arbitrary detention and extortion. These things are very, very prevalent. We're seeing even access to public health care, public transport, and many other things that ordinarily you should be free to access in this, I mean, in this country. Mm. And it's based historically on the issues of citizenship and issues of, you know, identity. These things are key in terms of the threat that we're looking at. June 2021, there was a young guy of the Fulbright, you know, background in the Northern part. I may not say specific area where, but this individual, you know, relying on these issues of discrimination and grievances built around these things. He left to join Janim. Janim is one of the deadliest terrorist groups in the Sahel, based in Mali. Mm. And months later, he committed suicide, but before that, he left I'm I mean, a video, a short video, you know, narrating these things along the you know, discrimination and the cultural persecution along ethnic lines, and specifically the Fulbe community.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: We've had several incidences like that that have been built around those grievances. and terrorist groups are looking for grievances they're looking to weaponize grievances and mobilize people recruit people and engage in attacks Mm. so what kind of what whatever kind of exercise we are conducting as a state and as local community members we need to ensure that we do not create situations that can create grievances that extremist groups can weaponize against us Mm. and i can tell you anyone who is working in PV in ghana is extremely concerned about this incident, I mean this situation, the state or the position of Fulbe community members in Ghana, and we have to take it very seriously. I needed to say this because it would be very, very deservous. I mean, to talk about these security issues without tackling the issue of bay in Ghana, and so well, there is that. I'm and the sure. months, mm-hmm. in the next few months, in the next months, we will be coming out with a report along these lines. Of course, we all are encouraged to you know, have communication that is supportive of peace and state actions, you know, around security. But we have to also do as best as we can to highlight the reality of the situation, especially in situations that can, you know, be weaponized as vulnerabilities, you know, to disturb the security
1: situation. As part of this particular operation, knowing that this is not the first time you're hearing that members of the Swunbi communities are, you know, already they are facing their own kind of discrimination before even this exercise started, is there some kind of marching orders uh, to at least be fair in this whole process, such that it's not like, uh, even though you may say it's not targeted, because they are already feeling discriminated against. There may be some. I
3: actually was you know, going to ask Aladji yeah. um, some questions mm-hmm. because from his presentation, I get the the, the import that uh, he was referring to the police. That is, so be, because he made mention of the fact that even um, going through checkpoints, already there, there are issues, yes. And these are issues that we need to report straight away. I mean, these sort of things, every now and then, you get some police people engaging in it. Not all of them, though, but you get a few recalcitrant ones, you know, engaging in them. And I think these are issues. Like, well, taking
1: advantage of the situation amongst others. Well, I mean,
3: and then the issue of of, uh, not having access to medical care, is something that, of course, we, we really have to look at. I personally would like to have a copy of his report okay. because it is something that we really have to look at holistically and then deal with the issue. Mm-hmm. But I think that, the, you know, these um, jihadis or the terrorists, you know, using certain situations as a weapon, I think that it will not be only in that area alone. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that the Ghana Armed Forces has embarked on a program to really uh, create, uh, make certain places accessible because there are certain places in the north where you don't have, you know, accessibility is a problem. Okay. We have the 48 Engineer Regiment, you know, going to uh, create, you know, make roads to make the place accessible. We have also the Ghana Armed Forces going in to provide boreholes and all that, and also providing certain small, small, you know, jobs for for for. Uh, the youth to 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 have something to do. Okay. These are things that uh, you know the Ghana Armed Forces. Because I have certain meeting where uh, these issues were discussed, and the CDS was present mm. where these issues were discussed. So yes, I, I believe it's not going to be uh, the FUMBI alone, okay. uh, but it's, we have to look at the issue holistic, holistically and then find problem because we need lasting problem. We don't need to choose and select, we need to, you know, deal with the issue head on.
1: Okay. I'm told Mr. Paddy is via phone now, at least some of the questions uh, bothered on um, the, his board and to at least um, tie it all up for us as we try to wrap up this. Mr. Paddy, if you can hear me on phone now, so there were questions about how um, the refugee, our refugee policy as a country is aligning uh, with the country's national security objectives and what measures in place there are to ensure the safety of both citizens and then also displaced populations. And Mukta Momuni also has been speaking about the Fumbe community. I'm sure you can tie that in nicely if that has also been brought to the attention of the Refugee Board and if there's a particular action you're taking when it comes to persons of Fumbe descent.
4: Um, indeed, however, the, the refugee law, the Ghana refugee law uh, recognises that national security is paramount. And so, there's. Even when somebody has been recognized as a refugee, if, you, if they're deemed as a threat to national security, that refugee status can be revoked. And so there's no ambiguity at all about that. And indeed, even the UN Refugee Convention also recognizes the security of states, it refugees, and uh, places that are bad, anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that it is important that we, we, we hope we have to protect Now, in fact, the specific community, uh, nobody who has approved the Ghana refugee us to apply for asylum Have been turned away based on the community they are part of. Okay. Uh, again, I can confidently say that. And so um, I think that we need to be careful when we are uh, presenting that narrative. Uh, because sometimes people think to they're But clearly, we, anybody who has to the Ghana Refugee Board, and I know also that anybody who states their intention to speak asylum at the point of entry is referred to the Ghana Refugee Board for the separate to, to, to start.
1: Mm. But in terms of ensuring that there are no excesses in this particular exercise, I'm sure um, your board is also on the lookout, even though um, at least you'll be working closely with government on this. Have we not had cases of any excesses being reported so far, as we're hearing, uh, on the ground, you'd say?
4: I believe that we are very much on the lookout for any possible excesses. And I'll be the first to point that out if, if, if we come across it. Uh, we really we, we very effectively with the government and the who are at the point of entry. And um, we have very, we have started up with the ideas that we, 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 we work with. And I can say with confidence that any individual who is not a security threat number one and who requests to seek asylum is the to us for uh, 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 But it's important to note that the national security are not in all of this. But the Ghana people is ready to assist any person who needs any sort of information with respect to uh, refugees and anything in relation to that.
1: Okay, we're grateful. That's uh, Tito Kalpadi, the Executive Secretary of the Ghana Refugee Board. Um, yeah, If we have more questions, let's just um, run through them and then be sure that we've covered um, all the angles when it comes to this in terms of the audience participation. So we have a few more of them. I see one uh, from Savia. Okay, Sophie's on first. How does the government involve local communities and civil society organizations in shaping Ghana's national security policies to incorporate compassion and inclusivity? Um, Xavier says, are there any specific policy considerations or frameworks being developed to guide decision-making at the crossroads of security and compassion in Ghana? And Joe says, what role does the Refugee Board play in balancing, I think he's been speaking on that, humanitarian needs of displaced persons? And then if he says, what are the key security challenges currently faced by Ghana and how do they intersect with the need for compassion? We'll take the last one, a Latte. Okay, what steps is Ghana taking uh, to enhance public awareness and understanding of the national security challenges the country faces? So I'm sure um, public awareness, you say, see something, say something. And also uh, there was one uh, that I saw earlier uh, that um, has been talking about the specific uh, policy considerations. Okay, the ones about civil society involvement and um, the ordinary person. So I'm sure you can tie both in in, in wrapping up on this.
3: I, I, I have been saying mm-hmm. all along that security is, is not a preserve of one person yeah. or a certain group of people. It is a collective thing that every Kenyan must put his or her shoulder to to help. So it doesn't matter if you are a civil society, it doesn't matter if, 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 if you are um, a student, it is a collective duty for every Kenyan. Yes, yeah, so basically everybody is involved. Gone were the days when security was a preserve of a few people. These days, security is never a preserve of only a few. Mm. It has a collective duty, and every Ghanaian must get involved.
1: And you get a sense that um, since we started this kind of public awareness, more and more Ghanaians are getting involved than they used to?
3: I, I, I believe so. I believe so. Because even now, uh, people are going to even schools to educate Uh, you know, younger children, to imbibe in them, you know, this sense of being part Mm -hmm. of of the security of your environment. For me, that is a step in the right direction. And I think that those are the things we really need to do. Because educating the people for them to know Mm -hmm. that it is a responsibility for a citizen to be conscious of this or all. His or her environment okay. on issues of security is something that we all must take up seriously, and it is something we really must must do more.
1: And finally, what really must I see before I say something, in order to prevent people, you know, unfairly targeting people um, when indeed there's no cost to.
3: That is why we say that when you see, you say, okay. and then you say to the security agencies who are trained. To analyze issues okay. so you tell them what you saw okay. and then they will analyze so that you know we will not take the laws into our own hands so when you see whatever you see any suspicious movement mm-hmm. trust me some of these activities it takes time and then you see one thing I have I have noticed is that a lot of Ghanaians are not conscious of their environment mm-hmm. uh, in certain jurisdiction trust me even when you're walking in the streets Somebody somewhere, before you realize there will be a police asking, you would think that probably the police was just going his way. No. Okay. Somebody might have alerted the police. I think that if we are conscious and we report whatever we see to the police, we leave it to them to really analyze issues And then deal with the security.
1: Okay. We're grateful uh, for your time, Mr. Kofi Amankwame, with Deputy Defense Minister and MP for Achuma, Mkwamuma. And we also have. very important. Okay. Mkwamuma
3: for me is very important. Okay. Everywhere I
1: go, that is I mentioned it. Yes. We, have, we also had padi uh, Executive Secretary of the Ghana Refugee Board. Mukta Mumini also joined as the Executive Director of C and also James Agauga, Ranking Member, Defence and Interior Committee. For our radio audience, we have a walk with Jesus. Prime Take is up next on TV. I am MFA There's more when you're not going to myjournaline.com. Many thanks for your company.